Welcome to the Hustle Class Podcast. We have a quick disclaimer. All material presented within Hustle Class LLC is not investment advice, but for educational purposes only. Trading involves risk and you are solely responsible for your investment decisions and assume the entire risk of any trading you choose to undertake. Owners of Hustle Class LLC and its representatives are not registered as security broker dealers or investment advisors, either with the United States Securities and Exchange Commission or with any state securities regulatory authority. Please utilize a registered investment or financial advisor to make any financial decisions. If you choose to invest without seeking advice from such an advisor or entity, then any consequences resulting from your investments are your sole responsibility. By utilizing Hustle Class LLC in our content, you are indicating your consent and agreement to our disclaimer. What's good? What's good, everybody? Welcome to Hustle Class Podcast. It is your boy, Jermaine. I am back at it again with another one. It has been a crazy month, to say the least, but I've been working. Just know that I ain't been sleeping. I've been working working overtime so let's start out with our song and our song today that's going to help motivate you all i want y'all to add this to y'all playlist it's called macho with larry um and it's by larry june and the the song starts out with you know some motivational words but the very verse like the very first bars in the song are back on my pivot time waits for nobody if you want to go get it and this is exactly how i'm feeling right now so one of the reasons why it's been so long for me to get another episode in is I've really been stressed out just trying to figure out grad school and like real estate and, you know, adjusting my portfolios because I have several portfolios. I mean, I have, you know, the 401k, the crypto, different crypto accounts. I have stock portfolios, different stock portfolios, you know what I'm saying? So it's been a lot to really maneuver, not to mention family stuff, emotional stuff, psychological you know, physical, the whole nine. I'm actually in physical therapy right now. So it's a lot of things going on in my life, but you know what I'm saying? I still had to make some some quick decisions, you know, because time waits for nobody, and if you want it, go get it. So, you know, that's the first thing I started with so that y'all all have that, you know what I'm saying, um, in the back of y'all, in the back of y'all heads, you know what I'm saying? But don't let it go over your head. Time waits for nobody, so you have to make sure you're consistent and you're disciplined in your execution, but that does not necessarily mean you have to be so focused on time that if you don't complete the things you want in the time that you want to complete them in, you give up on yourself, right? Because what's more important than getting it done on time is getting it done. So if you have a vision and you have a dream for yourself and you want to execute on it, just make sure you set that target, you set that goal, and you stay disciplined on a day-to-day. You know what I'm saying? You keep that persistence going and you maintain, you know, through hell and high water. I believe in you. Do you believe in yourself? Right. So let's maintain. All right. Now, one of the major things, like I was saying, is I've been getting really, really heavy into real estate, like doing a lot of research, looking at some properties, looking at some numbers, really understanding how that system works. And so, um, you know, one thing I noticed about a lot of, you know, my peers and people around is, you know, they treat real estate as like, um, you know, one for one. People are looking to say they own something, you know, it's kind of trendy to, you know, have your keys to your new crib these days, right? One that you actually own too, not just an apartment. So, you know, people are getting into real estate to be trendy. Not a bad thing if you think about the long-term repercussions because a lot of them are getting like new developments and new budding areas. So the home values would hopefully go up over time. So it's a good decision, but in the near term, how good of a decision could it be? You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, it's all about what I've realized is a lot about real estate. It's all about the deal. It's kind of like stocks, too. Like, 
you know what I'm saying? Would you rather would you rather buy Apple today or buy Apple during the pandemic when it was at um, you know, it's low for the last like, you know, year and a half, right? So it's kind of like, you know, you can buy something that's good and that's quality at a high price, but if you can get something good and quality at a low price, why not? Right? Because your overhead is gonna be lower and then your potential for um equity is gonna be higher simply because you got it at such a bargain. So that's something to think about and that's something to consider. So, I, like I said, I noticed that a lot of my peers had, um, you know, been getting homes. One, because it was trendy, cool. But buying a home is a good idea anyway, right? Um, within certain circumstances, because you won't have to pay rent. And some people are getting homes so that they stop paying rent and they rather pay a mortgage. So they're paying into something that they'll own rather than paying into something that, you know, is basically you don't get any tax benefit from it and you don't have any ownership over it. And you just kind of pay it to a, you know, a landlord, right? Rent. So it makes sense for people to make these decisions, right? And those are, like I said, moderately good decisions um, at these young ages because if you're not overburdening yourself or you're not living in an area where there's no future growth or potential growth or it's not near you know, a buzzing spot, you probably are going to get um, um, a decent return on your investment over time, um, you know, depending on how long you hold it, right? Because one thing that, um, you know, the master investor, somebody I study and I get a lot of gain from um, has said, um, time and time again is that, you know, once you learn how to invest in, you know, one market, you can kind of learn how to invest in any market because it's, it's generally the same concept just across different asset classes and different assets. Right. So if I know how to trade, let's say Tesla, I could probably know how to trade a certain type of, um, or how to treat, um, homes and from an investment perspective or even, certain commodities or certain rare metals and things of that nature. Um, you know, even if it's coming to um, positioning myself for certain positions in terms of like jobs or, you know, nine to fives or certain salaries or, you know, things of that nature. So it's it's something to think about and it's something to consider. So, you know, what, that's, that's where I can give y'all where it's like, okay, if I learn how to do, invest in one realm and I reach out to Jermaine in the hustle class, maybe I can figure out, figure out how to take that same strategy that made me win over here and apply it to something else because it should kind of give you the same, garner the same result, which is profitability, right? May not necessarily garner the same um, percentages, right? Because every market is different and different markets have different cycles and different seasons for, for um, you know, explosive growth so it's just something to think about and something to consider so um yeah um that's that and so i would like like i was saying i want people to take it a step further and start really looking at okay so you're getting a home because it's trendy slash you know you want to own something and it's going to be a good investment over time great you also want to get a home because you don't want to pay rent to your landlord you want to pay into something that you're owning great now, like I was saying, you want to look for that deal, right? One good way to look at homes is, right, because when people look at homes and, like, they're looking to potentially rent or something like that, so one of the things they look at is, okay, is this in, like, a good area? Like, the proximity to my workplace, the proximity to, you know, things like the grocery stores or, like, you know, the gas stations and things of that nature. Um, how safe is the neighborhood, right? Safety. And then they're looking at, okay, what about um, the schools in the area? How good are they? So these are other things that you would look at when it comes to like the home, right? Now, once you look at that, um, another thing you consider, right? If let's say you have all those things checked out and you have a good neighborhood, right? Or some a, a good neighborhood in mind in an area you really like. Do you really need the flyest house there? 
if you're looking at it from an investment perspective. If you're looking at it for just like this is your dream home for your family that you're, you know, you're going to start or that you already have. Um, or, you know, this is exactly what you wanted throughout your whole life and you've worked so hard to this point you want it. I mean, obviously, but if you're thinking about it like a young, early 20s, late teens, you know, not even 30 yet, you don't even know what you're really getting into right away. But you're kind of like, OK, like I can I think I want to make this investment. You could get the cheapest home, most not good looking home on the block within a neighborhood with all those criteria that you really like and fix it up for rather a good amount of money but not as much as it would cost for you to just buy the more expensive one you know what i'm saying a, a, a good example would be a place that i was looking at right home that's been recently been done it's good it's great it's out on the market going for 375 right a home that needs you know some work on the paint some work on the outside a little bit of stuff on the inside it's going for like 330 and then there's another one that is like just like I mean they probably just ran out of the crib they ain't even wanted no more going for three, so you see it's it's interesting like ARVs are usually you know um, or you know comps are usually not ARVs but comps are usually within the same price range right, but what happens when some people don't really take care of their home and they just abandon it? Now you can find the opportunity for you to get a home that's three hundred thousand dollars, that if you put twenty thousand dollars into the home it can now be worth, you know thirty uh three seventy five k. Right. Or maybe let's even push it. Let's say you put 30K into the home. It might be even worth more than 375K because you might because even the 375K I was looking at, no, there wasn't any granite, uh, granite countertops. Um, the um, the wood on the outside of the crib was was not um, updated and it wasn't new. The shed looked a little old, so it still had some stuff wrong with it. But let's say you put up like 30 grand, which is a lot of money. But if you're thinking about how much you're going to put down for the house, you know what I'm saying? When you're going into getting an investment property and you're looking at a loan, you can get a mortgage that considers um, the repair value of the home, like how much you're going to have to actually put into the home in terms of repairs. So I say this briefly, right? And we're going to get into this, you know, as the time progresses with the podcast. So, But the, way, the main thing I want you to think about is there's a way to do things as an investor where you'll make sure that you're 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 saving um, on how much you're putting down and you're kind of increasing that gap for equity. Because if I am able to get this home at three ten and I'm able to put all the put a little bit of money into it to bring the value up to four hundred thousand, instead of me buying the home at four hundred thousand, I bought it a hundred thousand dollars cheaper. And it's way better than what I bought it at too. And it's still in that great neighborhood. Um, you know, with the nice proximity to work and it's safe and they have great schools in the area. And then, you know, what I'm saying uh, the next step for that would be house hacking where, I mean, you know, a lot of people like, you know, don't like people. Right. So you want to live in that in that three bedroom house by yourself, maybe rent out to some friends. But hear me out. Um, if you if you rent it out for a year to tenants um, and, you know, they're moderately low costs associated with, you know, the upkeep of the, you know, of the apartment, like everybody takes care of everything. A lot of things don't mess up that first year. You might be in position to, um, you know, get another home in maybe better condition um, because you would have potentially enough money for another down payment on another property. And then you can fill up that whole house with tenants and then your cash flow would probably be more positive because, you know, if let's say your mortgage was about two grand and you had a three bedroom, um, let's say you had a three bedroom in a basement and your mortgage was about two grand in total, um, you know, with um, interest and everything and your mortgage was two grand and, you know, 
each person in there was paying about eight hundred dollars, um, you know, that would that would make it so that okay, like um, you know, everybody pays eight hundred, so that puts you above twenty four hundred before it's time for you to pay your portion of the um. You know, because you have four people in there, right? Before it's time for you to pay your portion, so you don't even have to pay for your mortgage because you have a positive cash flow of four hundred. If you take that positive cash flow, you keep working, you keep doing the things you need to do. Come a year around, you'll have all that extra money. If you know some of it's going to be gone because of repairs and things of that nature, things that have to get fixed around the house. But then, you know, once you move out of that into another home, right, which is more like what you want and is more comfortable, that home you previously previously left from, you could fill in that final room that you were in with another tenant. And now you're cash flowing thirty two hundred, right? On a two on, on something that costs that you know your mortgage is running you two grand. Um, it's just I mean, it's 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 a no brainer at that point because at that point now you're getting a residual cash flow of a thousand dollars a month, you know, and it's kind of like that's beautiful. That's beautiful. A lot of us, you know, when it's time for us to, you know, figure out what we want to do with next steps when it comes to money, like we need money to travel here. We need money for a wedding here. We need money to donate to this or to fund this. It's like, okay, where can I cut my lifestyle? Where can I cut my expenditures? Where can I cut? Where can I cut? And the reason is a lot of people are on autopilot. I mean, as inflation and stuff increases, as things get more expensive, I mean, our salaries stay the same, you know, um, our lifestyle habits don't change. We still eat out the way we ate out before, do everything the way we do, but we don't elevate our lifestyle to the point of us actually becoming investors and getting things like, you know, returns on investments and positive cash flow and equity and things of that nature. That's not a focus. Most people stick to their 401ks and even that they don't want to go, they don't want to max out on or get or go up to the match because they want to use that cash now. They feel like they have better use for that cash now than they do at 60. Um, so it's, it's, it's quite the concept. It's a lot to think about, but I did want to mention it today that that's stuff that I'm thinking about. I'm definitely open to emails about stuff so that I can go deeper into them and hopefully I have some more cleared out, um, items to give to y'all. But I would say the, the takeaway, main takeaway from today's episode is just to really think about real estate from an investor's perspective. Thinking of it from a consumer's perspective is really just not good enough at this point. Um, the way the world is moving, tide is changing, the wealth gap is going to drastically increase. Um, I mean, more and more people are just going to have a lot of money. More and more people are just going to have no money. Um, you know, automation is replacing all the jobs people have. So, I mean, you know, we've seen it with the Amazon store where you can, like, walk in and just take your stuff and walk out. Um, and, you know, it's getting real. Um, so I just want people to be mindful, you know, self-checkouts at stores. I just see more. I just see less and less aisles with people open and more and more self-checkout like slots when I go to like Safeways and stuff like that. So it's 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 getting real out here. So as people start losing more and more of their jobs and as some people get more and more versed with investing and actually taking the risk and making those decisions that I'm talking about today. You're going to have the have and the have nots. And I want everybody listening to this to be on the side of the haves so that we can, you know, bless the have nots and, you know, get some of them up to speed because, you know, we're all we got at the end of the day. So, you know, a lot of times when I talk investment, it's 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 generational. It's thinking about people who aren't here yet, thinking about people who don't have the opportunities that we have and really putting them on game and really getting them abreast with things so that they can also eat and, you know, help their families. Right. Because, you know, we're all we have and it's all about people at the end of the day. People are more important than money. So, you know, unless you're talking to these big tech companies because their profit margins say otherwise, they'd rather have tech than people. <laughs> so 
Um, yeah, and so real estate. Um, think of it as an investor. Um, you know, when it's time right now, a lot of people listening are in your twenties, some people are in your thirties. You have the opportunities for stuff for like your family. Good. They're they're well and squared, they're settled. Now let's get into, you know, the asset class of real estate and really try to turn yourself into somebody who has four or five properties that are cash flowing positively so that your your family will never fall on hard times so that your kids when they graduate school and if they work in the area or work somewhere you can make sure you fund their you know you can fund their housing so that they can keep that extra capital because i mean imagine like you know for example in my circumstance right parents work so hard you know basically slaved away for for their kid to be able to have the opportunity to be educated right and when I was educated and I graduated, right, there are two things that happened to me, right? I moved out of state for school, so I had to pay rent, and then I had my student debt. So now I have rent and debt, right? And my salary is cut by taxes, right? So, and it's just like you're, you, the, the, the promise of, you know, the American dream, right, in terms of education is great. But what happened after a certain point, it's like, it's like a slingshot or like a cannon and you started shooting up, right? Like when you go to the circus or like when you see images, uh, images of the circus online and stuff, when something shoots up like a projectile and it starts turning downward, that's exactly what started happening. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I had the student debt that's been piled up. I had the rent because I didn't have a circumstance where things were set up in a way where I didn't have to pay it. So that's what I'm kind of talking to you all about because if you set up real estate like as an investor, you might find yourself in a situation where one of your properties happens to be in close proximity to where your kid wants to, you know, end up at. Or, you know, you might just have enough, you know, money or real estate acumen because you've been acquiring properties to be able to help assist in your, you know, child or whoever it may be, a niece, nephew, cousin, friend, to get um to get themselves situated in a property where you know, the financial burden won't be as much as it would have been if they were paying rent because there is no benefit from paying rent except for the fact that you don't have the responsibility of a home, right? And that's about it. So I just want people to think about that, um, you know, because, you know, coming out with, you know, like I said, the debt and then having to pay rent and then not having financial acumen as well, not really understanding what it is to budget, not understanding what it is to invest, not understanding what it is to have a business you know, like, these are things that it's like, when you get out, you realize, okay, like, the American dream basically means, like, oh, I can go from the bottom all the way to the top. But a lot of times, the top that we're shown is not the true top. Because what do we really want? Happiness, comfort, the love, our loved ones around us, and everybody around us prospering and thriving and being healthy and being happy. And these are conflicted with, like, oh, money, 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 money. But that's not it, right? Money provides a certain level of comfort and lifestyle for what you want to do because if you had unlimited money there's a lot of things you do on your day-to-day basis you just wouldn't do so you know i kind of went on a little rant over there but that's that stocks i'm looking to invest in long term right now i've mentioned on here before um my number one right now is disney just because of how it's looking with the price action um i really love crowdstrike crowdstrike is doing some major things in terms of like getting uh you know government you know funding for a lot of stuff they're doing from a cybersecurity realm so disney the ticker is dis crowdstrike the ticker is c r w d um the next one i'm really i really like is salesforce that's crm salesforce just broke out of um a long consol- consolidation that it was in so um you know i like shares of crm um as always i like microsoft and apple um just cuz i mean They've been up and stuck, and it's going to stay that way. 
Um, so yeah. Oh, and another thing about things being up and stuck. If you think the real estate market is going to come crashing down, um, I have some news for you. It's probably not. Right. A lot of people are thinking about 20, 2008, what happened. A lot of people are thinking about what happened in the pandemic with the stock market crashing. Um, a lot of if you start, like I said, understanding investments and different asset classes, you'll understand that when things drop, usually there, there are healthy corrections along the way. If the housing market drops right whenever it drops. The prices that it drops to might be more expensive than the prices today. It's just relative to where it is when the drops actually happen, right? If right now, let's say the house is $100,000 and I say I need to wait for the price to come down and by next year it goes to one fifty, and then it cuts back to um, you know $125,000, that's a sizable drop in price. It really is. You know what I'm saying? It's a sizable drop in price, but chances are, that might be the furthest it goes, and it's going to continue a subtrend because things have to pull back, but that's just a pullback. You know what I'm saying? If you look at the trend of any investment or investments were made to be things that appreciate in value, investments were not created to be things that depreciate. So betting against something is great in certain circumstances, but that shouldn't be your end-all be-all because investments were designed, after all, to go up. Like, Everything is created so that it the value increases. You were not put on this earth to basically be less than you were as a baby. You were put on this earth to kind of grow and develop and grow. That's why we get higher salaries. That's why we learn new skills. That's why we keep moving up in a job, right? You don't try to move down. You try to move up. Everything is ascending. So trying to, you know, it's like somebody betting against me making a higher salary in like two years. It's like, well, you can bet against me, but the chances are I'm probably just going to keep increasing. You know, there might be a hard fallback. Something happens at the company. I, I have a change in interest and I want to take a job that's worth less. But chances are things are kind of just going to keep moving up and they're going to be stuck. So start really looking into these things. Um, be very careful about trying to bet against trends in any market, in any um, asset class. Um, but that's all she wrote for me. I'm glad I was able to give you guys this nice, you know, heartfelt episode. And I hope that you take this and you'll run with it and you'll make a change for yourself. All right, y'all. Love you. Peace.